the Woman Radio Show brought to you by WomenAboutBiz.net, empowering you with the tools and resources to start and grow your very own business. Hello, ladies. This is Trina Newby, your host and business success coach, broadcasting to you live this beautiful day and, as always, bringing you inspiration motivation, and ways to make your business, your dreams, and your ideas, guess what? A huge success. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here with all of you. I just came back from celebrating my 39th wedding anniversary and my husband and I being together 41 years. Can you believe that? Um, it's It's been a, an incredible ride, such a joy. And um, I just want to pay tribute to my hubby, Robert Newby. Love me some him, right? And uh, we just had a wonderful time in San Diego, California, seeing old friends and touring and going places that we should have gone when we lived there, right? Uh, And just appreciating the beauty of the city itself. And, um, of course, here I am back on the East Coast now in the beautiful city of Atlanta, GA, and I'm so excited to be here with all of you today. Um, I see that people are still uh, logging in and getting settled, Um, and so I am excited that um, I'm back here where I'm in the comfort of my studio and able to just do the show um, like I want to do it. Because, you know, when you're traveling and you're trying to do the show, it's a little bit different because you can't carry all of the equipment with you always, right? And so, you know, again, I'm just so excited. I'm also excited because this week is very, very special for me. And, of course, I started out the morning preparing my mind for greatness um, because it is my birthday week, right? I am celebrating uh, my birthday coming up on Sunday. So grateful. Feel so blessed that God is allowing me to live in this time in the here and now. So very, very grateful. And so again, very, very excited about celebrating my birthday coming up on Sunday the 24th. Um, And I'm celebrating it all this week, right? Very, very happy um, to to be here. And for those of you that know me, you know that I have definitely been through my own share of illnesses and different things going on and setbacks. And um, just to look at what I have learned over these these years in my life, I'm very blessed. I feel very grateful, and I'm very thankful for the vision that God has allowed me to have and for him allowing me to be the queen of my own empire. Just very, very grateful for that, and I'm very appreciative. And uh, so, again, a big thank you to all of you who have always been my my longtime supporters. You've been there with me, and you have supported not only me, but Women About Biz. You've supported the show. Um, you shared the show with others. That's the biggest gift that you could ever give me. And I thank you, thank you, thank you for being a listener on the Successful Woman Radio Show. I would have to say probably out of all of the things that I do, I really enjoy giving back on Successful Woman Radio. And I have thought many times about taking it from the Monday Live call to just a pre-recorded podcast. But there's something that I love about doing the show live. And and so I'm going to continue on um, doing the show live and then, of course, pushing it out as a, uh, a recorded podcast in all of the other platforms. 
So, you know, make sure for those of you that are new to Successful Woman Radio, make sure that you mark your calendar every Monday for 12 noon Eastern time where I'm going to give you information that is going to help you to grow your business, that's going to help you to be a better leader for your business. And so you definitely want to get onto that. This is, this is free information. This is, this is information that's no fluff fluff, but I give you the real deal, right? And so I'm just so very excited that I'm able to do that and just feeling um, just blessed to be able to be in a space in my life where I'm not worried about competition. I'm not worried about what everybody else is doing. I'm only concerned about how I, Trina Newby, can can bless the lives of other people, can enhance the business lives of other people. That's what I'm concerned about, and that's what I am going to be focused on. And so, you know, they say as you get older, you begin to drop layers of the I, of I care, and that and it becomes I I don't care what about what other people are thinking or. Um, I don't need others to validate what I do. I am now confident in who I am, and I have gained enough wisdom um, to understand and to know how to move my life forward uh, and have my own validation, right? And I think for me, that's certainly been the case, you know, starting out as a young lady who has always loved business, always, always, I was that lemonade stand girl, I like to say. And so here I am now. Um, you know, getting ready to celebrate a big birthday on on Sunday the 24th, and I am just so blessed. I, I, that's the only word that I could really use that would describe the feeling um, that I have. I'm elated. I am grateful for being here on this side of, of the world and, and being here at this time and this place. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, there have been some people already who have been sending me birthday uh, wishes, thinking that my birthday has either passed or is getting ready to come up. And so I'm, I'm all excited. So let's go ahead and get started with the show. Of course, we've got a great show lineup for you today. Uh, five new questions of business leadership. We've got our book of the month, Making Good Habits by Joyce Meyer, uh, someone that I really admire. Joyce is really super great when it comes to just telling it like it is. And of course, this book, um, she has done an excellent job. So if we have time, I always, uh, I'll always put the book of the month for the last piece because we've got so much to talk about in other ways. So what's today's show all about? Well, as you know, this month we're talking all about, you know, um, tasks you know, task implementation for, for this 2022, right? We're talking about the importance of task. And, you know, the one thing that I want to let you all know is that for most business women, I don't think that we have an issue with coming up with ideas. We're full of ideas, right? We love to talk. We love to share. We love to say what we're going to do. And let's place it. Let's face it. I have been in the put the horse before the cart or I should say the cart before the horse mode. I have been in that mode to where I'm I'm pushing out a whole lot of information, but I haven't really prepared anything behind the scenes. I've broken myself from doing that, I would say, 90% of the time. And so um, I want to, again, just remind all of you who are listening that what's most important is to make sure that you have a balance between your excitement about what it is that you're getting ready to do. You have to know how to put your excitement in check, 
right? And and you have to not allow that excitement to take you to a place to where you're you're feeding off of the excitement, but actually nothing has been done yet because that's what causes letdowns. You fed yourself so much of the hype of of everything that could be the possibilities of what could be to the point to where now you've got to really get behind the desk and start working on what it is that you've been putting out there. And you tend, you might tend to procrastinate or have a letdown feeling or get overwhelmed because you put it out there and now you've got to get all of this work done, right? And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today as we talk about task implementation and all of the things that you know, need to be done, um, need to happen for yourself, right? So today it's all about the power of Google. Ooh, yeah, you know, Google is my favorite. Um, I am a certified Google, Google user. I love Google. I've, I've always been using Google for a very long time, at least 15 to 18 plus years. And as Google has evolved with all of their different um, platforms, Google Docs, Google Sheets, you know, uh, Google Sites, Google Slides, all of the different things that Google uh, uses, I have been right there utilizing it. And gee whiz, I haven't used like the traditional Microsoft Office uh, in in a decade or so. Although if someone else is using it through Google, I'm able to download and convert any document um, or, or anything that Google does can be easily converted into Microsoft. So we're going to delve into um, the power of Google and how you can use Google to actually help you with implementing your thoughts, your ideas, your tasks, those kinds of things as well. So I'm very, very excited about that. Lately, I have also been reading up on the virtual world. It's like, where are we, where are we headed with this virtual world, right? Um, because a lot of, there's been a lot of talk going on about virtuality, the virtual world, where are we headed with it, what is r- really, what is metaverse all about, what is cryptocurrency all about? What is NFTs all about? All of these different acronyms and these sayings and these slogans. And I would have to say, you know, that for people who are in like the 38 years old plus zone, you may be having just like many of us, a big question mark on your forehead. Like what the heck is all of this stuff about? So I'm going to start off with giving you some something very interesting that I have learned because I have uh, started to become very, very interested in knowing what's going on in the virtual world, right? Uh, why is it that everybody seems to be pushing towards that way? And what is it that Warren Buffett isn't exactly understanding about the virtual world? Why is it that he doesn't? Uh, invest in virtual currency, uh, and, and what is that all about, okay? So I'm going to explain that to you in, a, in just a little bit. We're going we're gonna to talk about that. Of course, I've got, again, the five new questions of business leadership. So let's just go ahead and get started with that. So the five questions of leadership, and I should say five new questions, because we had five questions last year, and then I came up with five more. 
These are all really designed to help you hone in on your leadership skills as the CEO of your company. It's a, these questions allow you to put your own self in check. It allows you to measure your effectiveness as the CEO by, by whether or not you know these things, that, uh, these questions, whether you can effectively answer these questions that you're asking of yourself. So starting with question number one, what's your functionality today? A, are you a procrastinator, or B, are you an action taker? So it's kind of like, you know, what's your functionality? Who are you today? And I think you have to put yourself in check as the CEO of your company every single day. And let's face it, when procrastination has, has been taking place more, more likely than, than, than most of the other activities, then you sometimes have to put yourself in check every hour, right? I mean, just truth be told. Um, so, you know, procrastination is one of those things that it comes and it goes. It, you know, sometimes you can be on a good run with doing a lot of different things, and then you may have a challenge that is posed to you, and as a result, it slows you down in business especially, right? And so you have to make a decision on what your functionality will be every single day. You don't leave it up to your your overall feelings to and emotions to dictate to you what you want to do that day, right? Because sometimes we do give in to our feelings, we give in to our emotions, and, and I have certainly done it and say, oh, I don't feel like working today, I'm not going to work today. Um, and like this morning was kind of like that morning for me, like I wanted to just lay in the bed and get some extra rest or what have you, but I knew I had things I had to do today, so I had to just get up, right? And so, again, that's where you have to determine, hey, what, who am I today? Who am I trying to be today? Am I trying to be a procrastinator? Uh, if not, then I want to be an action taker. That means I have to become become an action taker. I have to take things and make things some things happen for myself today. And so, again, this is a very important question um, because you may forget to ask yourself this question early in the morning. But through, through, throughout the day, you may ask yourself this question, and then you may unfortunately have to say that, hey, I, I'm being a procrastinator. That's not what I want to be, but that's what's been going on. Let me choose action taker and go ahead and become a queen of action today and start getting some things done. Number two is, are you on target with your sales and profit goals, okay? Are you on target this week or this month, right? Um, this is a very important question. Now, listen, ladies, we can't continue to run from this because this question is a question that we should have been answering for ourselves all along because our money is tied up in this question. We have to set a sales goal for what it is that we want. I think we're working, sometimes I think we're working backwards. But I really do believe that, you know, when you're in business, you have to really say, what kind of money am I looking to make with this particular business? We can't always reverse that and say, hey, I have this type of service, I have this kind of book, or I have this type of product, and, and, and I, and I want to sell it without really saying, well, how many do I really want to sell? Well, I don't know because I don't really know how much money I want to make. I, I think I think we might be thinking backwards on that. So I think we need to reverse that and really just declare 
the amount of money that we need and, and that we would like to make in our business. Now, it all starts with your personal expenses as well, right? Because um, you have personal expenses, and so you really need to figure out what the minimum amount of money is that you actually need to maintain your quality of life or to even upgrade your quality of life, right? And then from there, how much do you need in your personal savings? You know, you need to be able to answer those two questions because that plays into, if you're dependent on your business for your income, that plays into your sales goals as well. And then from there, you need to look at what are some of the expenses in my business um, that I'm going to have based on the services and or products that I have. Do I have to make my own products? Do I buy them wholesale? Do I have to have any labeling or packaging? Um, is, it, is it all virtual to where it's a cash cow, you know, it's a cash business? You know, what what is it that I'm trying to do? And so nothing better does this and helps you than the cash flow um, analysis, right? The cash flow analysis. I've mentioned it several times. For those of you that are in um, the I Am Worthy group on Facebook, um, you can go to files and, and pull off instructions for the cash flow um, worksheet, right? If you are a silver member or above, you can go and pull off the cash flow worksheet uh, in the WAB membership as well. And so again, you know, I just want to tell you that you've got to get in love with numbers. You've got to fall in love with numbers for sure. Why? Because numbers will never lie to you, and numbers are going to lead you down the right path. So very, very important for you to understand that, right? And then number three is what offers do you need to create to reach your sales? So this is the direction that you need to be taking. First, you really look at your sales, and um, you look at, what your goals are and the monies that you need for your income, the monies that you need to operate your business. And then from there, you decide on the profit that you'd like to see in your company, thereby helping you to come up with a sales goal, right? And then you look at, okay, so as a result of that, what offers do I need to create to reach them? How do I begin to attract people to what my service is or my product is, right? or a combination of the two? And that's a very important question. And if you don't have any offers, then that's where the problem begins, right? Because here's the thing. You can be clear on your vision. You can be clear on your products and your services. But then if you don't have a way to attract people to what you have to offer, that's where the problem will begin for you because you're confident in what you're off, what you have, but you don't have an offering to push out to the general public to attract them. And then you still may not be clear on your target audience, your target market, right? And so all of these things need to be taken into consideration and you always should have an offer to attract other people to what you have. You can't go without the offer. So just right now, think. I want you to think about it. Right now, do you have an offer to attract people to what you have to help you to build your list? Do you actually have that, right? You need to be thinking about that at all times. And then number four in the five new questions of leadership is, you know, is your marketing strategy in place? Because in order to attract people to what you have, that is really the definition of marketing, right? Marketing is a method 
uh, of techniques and strategies that you're using to attract people to what you offer, to what you have. And in, in developing your marketing strategy, there are four core areas that I really want you to think about for this 21st century, for the here and now, that is social media, advertisement. You really can't do without advertisement. You've got to have some type of budget. Email sequences. Email sequences really has a lot to do with the content. Most um, small business owners get caught up because the content is not yet ready. And then they get overwhelmed, they procrastinate, and as a result, it becomes kind of like a trickle-down effect until they see themselves in the in the next year still having not put together the actual content or the email sequences needed um, in the whole workflow system that they're trying to create for their marketing. So again, you know, the email sequences are very, very important. And then, of course, videos. I think videos are very key. I'm going to keep it transparent here. I am working on my own video strategy. Um, I will say that it is quite challenging for me. So I definitely, for those of you who find um, consistent videography, very challenging. I, I'm right there with you. And yet video is something that's very, very important. Okay. So I think we all have to really make a, a commitment. We have to make a pact with ourselves to go ahead and develop our marketing strategy. And of course, ladies, as I've always shared with you, if you have not developed a marketing strategy or if you feel that your marketing strategy needs to be reworked or enhanced or something needs to, to happen to get better results, then you can always uh, schedule a coaching session with me. Or if you have not had a power talk with me, which is a 30 to 45-minute free coaching session that's not fluff, it's the, the real deal, then all you need to do is go to womenaboutbiz.net. Again, womenaboutbiz, that's B-I-Z as in zebra.net. And then just scroll a little bit midway on the homepage, and you will see the space to create an appointment to you know, get your power talk scheduled with me right away. So I encourage you to do that if you haven't had a power talk. If you have had a power talk, then maybe you need to consider some coaching, right? Um, someone that's going to be there to hold your hand, to give you direction, to let you know w what you need to do. And certainly, I, I really do enjoy coaching. And so I want to encourage you to go ahead and get that power talk schedule if you haven't had one. And now we come to number five, which is the last of five new questions of leadership. And on a scale of one to 10, what's your belief level? Again, what's your belief level? Remember, your belief level is tied directly to your actions. If you're taking action, you should see your goals being accomplished. Your to-do items should be marked complete on your checklist, and your calendar is functioning properly for you. So the belief level really is about accountability. And yes, you can measure it, right? And as you know, the type of belief that's necessary for you to take your, yourself to the next level is unshakable faith, right? I think Tia mentioned it. Um, Tia is one of our longtime listeners, and I think she texted me and said, hey, what you were talking about was unshakable faith, right? Absolutely, Tia, for sure, right? It's like 
you know, when you ask yourself where your belief level is, you're really testing your unshakable faith. You're really looking at, do I have a, that level of belief so deeply rooted within myself that it compels me to take swift and immediate action? And so when you're taking action, the one thing that I know is that fear can't live in the midst of action. Procrastination can't live in the midst of action. So action is a true antidote to fear and procrastination. And so when you're taking swift and immediate action, which is really the definition for unshakable faith, it is then convicting within you that you have the power to make things happen, that you are in control and we're in control all along, right? And so this is why it's so important to say to yourself, you know, on a scale of one to 10, what's my belief level, right? And you can say nine, eight, nine, or 10 all day long, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's true because what the truth of the matter is, is that if, if your actions are not showing things being accomplished to do items being marked complete, then you know you're not being truthful with yourself on the level of your belief. You want to have a realistic belief level. Why? Why is that? Because, again, the more you go there in, in, in taking action in your belief level, the more conviction you will have in what you believe, the more real it becomes to you to the point to where it is going to become an automated habit to take actions quickly. And once you start doing that, you're going to begin to understand your own personal power, how you can tap into your own personal power and why it's so very, very important. So there you have it. Five new questions of business leadership, so very, very important. I want to go ahead right now and quickly go into uh, the discussion of virtuality right quick, okay? I mean, it blows my mind some of the new things that I have learned about virtuality um, and what it's all about. And I am going to probably surprise a lot of you of some of the things that I have actually, um, you know, some of the things that I have actually learned. Um, and so bear with me because I'm just, I'm not going to confuse you guys too much today, but I am going to be sharing some, some things with you. I want you to understand where we are going in this world of virtuality. So ladies, first, yes, you know, we had the internet that started back in um, the late 80s and the early 90s. The internet boom was really taking shape, taking form, right? And originally what um, a lot of people thought with the internet is that, number one, we can save the planet. We don't have to cut down as many trees and use as much paper, and therefore we're helping the, the planet, right? And, and we're cutting down on pollution. Uh, if we do a lot of things virtually, you know, such as emails and phone conferences, that type of thing we're cutting down. But it, it really took much longer than they thought for society as a whole um, to really get used to the Internet. We started using the Internet more for games. Uh, we definitely started using it for email, but we really, virtuality still had not caught on as much. And so to be honest, it was like at the end of the 90s when a little bit more virtuality was catching on with video conferencing and that kind of thing. 
but then it wasn't it wasn't widespread who was doing video conferencing was more corporations were doing video conferences everyday individuals weren't video conferencing necessarily in their homes those people who were more uh, medium-sized businesses and up were doing some video conferencing right so we had that um lo and behold Moving on into the 2000s, you know, uh, eventually we had uh, we had Facebook, we had Netflix, we had you know certain companies were being born um, that took us more into the virtual world, like where we didn't have to necessarily uh, go and go to the movies that we could actually now see full movies at home in the comfort of our homes. Um, the television, once again, we had a huge change with the television, with the flat screen TVs coming on board. Um, in the early in the early 2000s, the flat screens weren't here yet, but we definitely had the big screen TVs coming on board, right? And then flat screens came on somewhere in like 2010, 2010-2011, um, uh, yeah, flat screens really became prevalent. We saw the pricing for flat screens go down in the recent past three years, right? And then we saw high definition come on board. High definition was... Um, we were really beginning to see uh, incredible colors and definition of everything close up as though they were in the room with us, which was uh, eerie at first for a lot of people, especially those of us that had large screens like 45-inch, 50-inch, 60-inch screens. Um, that high definition is something else, right? Um, and so all of those things were coming. So then to add in the mix of virtuality, we started having companies like Roku, Amazon that created the Fire Stick um, to extend virtuality even more uh, with games and different things that you can do more than just stream movies or watch movies or what have you. Okay. And then virtuality came even more. Let's just move it on up to, to speed. Um, back in 2007, 2008, we started hearing about crypto currency, right? They started hearing about something called Bitcoin. And at that time, you know, Bitcoin originally, as a matter of fact, I'm trying to go in here and see original price of Bitcoin, uh, because I think it was very, very low. Yeah, the original price of Bitcoin. So uh, the original price of Bitcoin was eight cents. Okay, eight cents in U.S. dollars. That was the original price of Bitcoin. And um, we can go back far uh, as like 2010 of when Bitcoin really started, somewhere, somewhere when it started gaining momentum, because back in 2008, 2009, Bitcoin was the, the idea of it was around. They had already started it, but it started to gain momentum. And then it went to like eight cents back then. And so now here we are um, with Bitcoin being somewhere right now. It's been dropping up and down. It's been going between thirty-five or thirty-three dollars and forty-five dollars. It's been it's been very volatile in these recent um, months, right? And of, of course, Ukraine has had a lot to do with that. But now here we are, right? Here we are, and anyone that was in the early stages of Bitcoin, which was a virtual coin, 
right? There really wasn't any exchange going on with Bitcoin at the time. I mean, it's like, who was accepting Bitcoin, this this new currency? Who actually was accepting it? Um, and so Bitcoin's popularity really just blew up in Asia first and then spread it to India, the United States. And, you know, now here we have Bitcoin that's, uh, you know, considered one of one of the most stable coins. Um, around, although it's being volatile right now, it was going up and down, as I said before, between $33 and $45, um, you know, a share per share in the coin itself. Um, again, I, w- I would have to say that Bitcoin is still considered one of the most stable cryptocurrency coins. And now it's becoming more real because you have actual businesses that are now it's accepting Bitcoin currency, right? You know, you have PayPal, one of the biggest merchant providers in the world that um, is now allowing you to not only uh, sell in Bitcoin, but they're allowing you to exchange Bitcoin and purchase Bitcoin through PayPal. Uh, You have American Express and uh, MasterCard that's actually um, saying that they're going to have terminals uh, in major stores now uh, coming up in 2023-24 that will actually accept Bitcoin in addition to the regular credit card. So again, a lot of people are coming on board. And then, of course, you have the good old U.S. of A., which is now creating and um, in the mix uh, looking at creating its own Bitcoin or not big, just Bitcoin, but crypto uh, platform itself. So, you know, why does Warren Buffett say that Bitcoin is bogus, that it's full of crap, right? Why does he say that? I think it's because he can't see the tangible value in Bitcoin. He doesn't, in his mind, He's saying, why would I want to invest in something of, that doesn't really have intrinsic value? It's like I can't, put, I can't exchange it and put my hands on something um, in exchange for this currency. Um, this currency can't buy anything. That's, that was his original thought on it. He thought that it was, in, in a way, a scam or a fraud, that it, he didn't use those words, but that's kind of where he was going with it, right? Like it has no value to him. That's what he was saying. The stock market has value for me because the stock market actually represents real companies. Well, Mr. Buffett, I've got news for you, my friend there's something you're not understanding. And I mean, if you think about it, if you were born in the Western days, cowboys and Indians and all that good stuff, you would never believe that there was any such thing as a microwave, right? That could actually heat up food um, in seconds or actually even cook food. You wouldn't believe in the microwave uh, if you were in the cowboy days, right? Or if you were born in the early 1800s, did someone tell you there's electricity? You wouldn't believe that um, there would be such a thing as, as electricity. If someone told you there were planes flying the air containing and housing over 200 people per flight going from one side of the world to the other, would you actually believe that? You would say, are you freaking crazy? There's nothing like that that can happen, right? And yet there's still people who believe that man didn't walk on the moon, that there was a, a hoax, a big, a big uh, frame up, right? And so 
I'm taking you guys there to let you know right now, and this is very, very key. I'm taking you there to let you know right now that virtuality is real, okay? Why is it real, though? It's real because because we are feeding into instant gratification. We're, we're feeding into the momentum of virtuality, thereby creating the virtuality ourselves. That's kind of like what's actually happening. So I want you guys to understand how powerful virtuality is becoming and what's getting ready to take place, what's getting ready to happen. So to do that, I really want to go ahead and quickly take all of you um, on a ride to where a lot of virtual experts see virtuality going, like where is it going to end up, at least in this next, let's say, 20, in this next 20, 25 years, what will people be doing? So I want you to picture this. I want you to picture that there's still a physical world, but People don't really leave out of their homes anymore to go to work. Instead, they're going to put on their virtual goggles. They're going to log on into their um, computer system. And by that time, you may not even need to log into a laptop or a desktop because everything will be in your virtual goggles, right? You'll be able to function literally in your virtual goggles. And you can probably even have an electronic implant put on your body somewhere, whether it's a slit in your arm or, 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 or even, even something done to you, you um, from an electronic standpoint with your brain with an insert um, to where your goggles allow you to go into a virtual world and they allow you to actually feel like you're living in the physical world. Meaning you can, you can have a sense of touch, you can have a sense of taste, you can have a sense of smell, um, you can have a sense of traveling in your car. Now, I want you to keep, keep that in mind, okay? You'll wake, you'll wake up and put on your virtual goggles and you'll go to work. And you'll have an avatar. So instead of you needing to look perfect yourself, you can be whoever you want to be, right? And so, therefore, um, the the cultural ethnicities such as Caucasian and Black and Indian and Hispanic and all of the other ethnicities that we have won't really matter in the virtual world because we've gone and created our own look, uh, who we want to be, right? So the freedom of being who you want to be in the virtual world will eliminate in some ways racism, right? So here we are, all of these different, all of these different avatars or icons or, or representations of who we really are, we can look how we want to look, we can be thin, we can, we can be powerful, we can be whatever we want to be, and um, we will have our own virtual social security number. So in the virtual world, it's like having your own identity all unto itself. It's like incorporating yourself in the virtual world, right? And so with that said, that means that when you wake up, you'll go to your virtual job or have your virtual business. You'll have your virtual checking account. There will be a virtual police department. There will be virtual highways, virtual apartments, virtual homes, virtual cities and residences. You'll be able to experience the finer side of life in the virtual world. As a matter of fact, you could be wealthy in the virtual world and poor in the physical world right? So, so this is how powerful the meta world is going to get. 
right? And you're going to have a virtual government. You're going to have different virtual governments, right? And there there will be at some point virtual wars um, fought on a virtual level. So this is where our world is headed. This is all where our world is headed. And it's it's a little bit scary when you think about it, but in, but it's still in the same. This is where our world is headed, and so what we have to do so everything doesn't seem so foreign to us. It's important to keep up with the times and to know all of the different things that are happening. Because what we don't want to do is we don't want to get ourselves feeling like we're like in on an ant farm. You know how ants are on an ant farm and, and they're all traveling in a maze, uh, almost like little robots. And, and in the meantime, there are a lot of things happening outside of that ant farm in the real world, right? We want to be careful that we haven't put ourselves in a maze to the point to where we have become robotic in thinking and refuse to futuristic in the sense that we aren't allowing ourselves to become educated on knowing the future and where things are headed. And even right now, how we can take advantage of it to create legacies for future generations to come. This is why it's so very, very important, right? Because there are many people who miss the internet boom. There are many people who miss the cryptocurrency boom with Bitcoin, right? All of us who could have bought Bitcoin at eight cents, at 12 cents, at a dollar, two dollars, we just thought it didn't mean anything. But it is going to mean something. And this is why you must pay attention because Eventually, we are already running virtual businesses, and of course, the pandemic with COVID has now pushed us into a virtual mode that cannot be turned off. That's what you need to understand. That's what you need to know. So I'm going to start educating um, you ladies on the virtual world, letting you know all of the different things that are getting getting ready to happen. And I hope that you're finding this interesting enough to start researching on, on Google and other search engines for yourself what's happening in the virtual world. What is the metaverse all about? What does it mean? Because at some time, this whole world, more than 60 to 70% of this whole world will be functioning every single day in a virtual world. Um, and it's going to be more powerful than the physical world. And so you guys need to, you know, here we are at the foundation of it right now. What does that mean for you? You know, how does that impact your wealth or your income? All of those things you need to be asking yourself so that you can really develop a legacy plan for maybe, if not you, for your future generations that stem from you. Very, very important. I'm going to go ahead right now and and talk about the power of Google, getting things done with Google, which is so important. First of all, I want to let you guys know that there are two sides to Google. There is the regular free Google account, which still comes with a lot, but it doesn't necessarily come with a lot of Space in the iCloud, right? The 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 cloud, the Google Cloud, um, is just like a hard drive on your computer, except for it's in the cloud. Okay, mainframes, larger systems that can hold enormous amounts of information for you, right? And it's actually Google sells its cloud space very inexpensively, I should tell you guys. But there is also a second side to Google, and that is Google Workspace. 
okay? Google Workspace used to be called, for those of you that may be familiar with Google, Google Workspace used to be called G Suite or Google Suites, and then they changed it to Google Workspace. Why? Because they were expanding Google Workspace. They are looking to make Google Workspace more virtual, um, and so therefore, um, Google Workspace is now a more professional platform platform and you do have to pay for it. Um, there's a, a $6 monthly, a $12 monthly, and then it goes up depending on how much space you need and how much security you need um, with protecting your information. So with that said, mostly I'm talking about Google Workspace when I talk about utilizing the power of Google itself. So the first thing I want to say is that you can access Google and use Google, whether you have the iPhone, the Android, or the Google phone. You can you can use Google all the way around. It's totally 100% compatible. The other thing that you need to know is that, yes, there is Microsoft Office, which I respect, and I consider it still a very powerful network, a powerful software, and mostly, uh, Microsoft is mostly now being used in the corporate world more so than by individuals, right? Um, you still have individuals that, uh, that have the Microsoft operating system um, if they have Windows, but for the most part, they're using Google Chrome as their default browser, and they're using more Gmail accounts um, than they are Outlook accounts. Um, but we still, you know, it's running neck and neck. Uh, we still have a lot of people that are that are out there using Microsoft. For that reason, Google makes its Google Workspace 100% compatible with Microsoft Office. So that means that when you download your your WordPress, I'm sorry, when you download your Microsoft Word document or when you download a Google Doc and say you want to convert it to a Microsoft document, it's going to look exactly the same. Or when you uh, want to convert your PowerPoint into uh the Google Slides or vice versa, they are usually going to, you're not going to really have any problems with that. They're going to really be able to um, transfer nicely. Uh, that has been my experience and the experience of many of my clients. So again, very, very key. So how do you get more tasks done? How do you get more things done uh, with Google? Well, the first thing I want to say is that I think that Google allows you to be more efficient. Why? Because whatever you use, whether you use Google Docs on your phone, on your iPad, Notepad, whatever you're using, it transfers across all platforms, whether it's desktop, laptop, or any other smart device that you may have, um, be it, be it um, Android or uh, or Apple software, it transfers altogether 100% compatible across all platforms. So number one, that's key. Why is that important? Because you actually need something that is going to pre prevent you from creating multiple copies all over the place where uh, where none of them are the same because you may have a draft over here or a draft over there or a to-do list over here or there, but none of them are actually the same. So you want to really be careful with that, right? And I think that Google really helps you to do that. It helps you to be consistent across all platforms. And when you're talking about getting tasks done, okay, and I'm not talking about the actual to-do list. When you're talking about putting together a lot of things that you need to get done for your business, 
You need something stable. You need something tried and tested, and you need something that works across all platforms, 100% compatible, so that you don't have to keep repeating yourself or fall, things falling through the crack because you can't remember where you put things, right? So that's the first thing that you need to understand, okay? The second thing in reference to the power of Google that you need to understand is that if you are consistent with Google, Google will be consistent with you in providing you with notifications and different things that are going to help you to be more functional. That's how you're going to get your task done. So let's go ahead and start with the first important piece of the Google family. That is the Google Calendar. Okay, the Google Calendar is very important because um, it's going to allow you to set up a master calendar and then after you set up your master calendar, which will function off of your main Google account, then you will be able from the master calendar to set up sub planning calendars if you need to. Okay, planning calendars are calendars that allow you to now segment whether it's a project whether it's something that you're working on, an event, uh, you're writing a book, or a children, your children's activities, or um, a class calendar that you need to also create, it allows you to have sub-calendars that you can then click on and show on your main master calendar or click off of it and it disappears off of your main calendar. The purpose of planning calendars is so that you can properly segment your planning and be able to see just the planning for that activity or that project or whatever it is, right? Very, very important. And then if they need to be shown on your master calendar, then you can click all of those sub-planning calendars and let them show, which will then give you a really good snapshot or overview of everything that you've got going on, okay? Now, in addition to that, I think that Google Calendar has some other really good points to it. For example, Google now has a very powerful um, tasking system as well, and that is one thing um, that I really like. Um, you can now create your own to-do system utilizing Google, complete with um, timers, notifications, priorities. Um, you can have all of that attached to your Google Calendar, and I absolutely love, uh, love, love that, right? And so some of the other things that you can do with Google as well is you can set up uh, reminders on your calendar. Now, reminders are not necessarily uh, tasks, and they aren't timed activities. So when you set up a reminder, you have to, if you want the reminder to remind you on a specific date or a specific time, it can actually do that. But what it's going to do is that it's going to put the reminder at the top of your calendar for that day, whatever time frame you set it. If you say, I want you to remind me every day um, to do this, then of course, 365 days out of the year, it's going to put that reminder at the top uh, of, your, of your calendar, and it's going to give you a notification at the time that you say you want to be notified. So again, you've got reminders, you've got uh, to-do items or tasks, and then, of course, you have your activities that you can schedule within your calendar. 
And of course, if you want to schedule your task for a specific time frame, you can, or you can look at your tasks separately and mark them off as you do them in the Google Calendar system as well. So all of it actually comes as one. The other thing that I like about the Google Calendar is that you can indeed share the calendar with other people. You can give them viewing access or you can also give them edit access. So again, this is going to help you get your task done faster because you now have a complete system within your calendar to get it done, right? You have your reminders, you have your notifications, you've got your to-do items that you can keep in one system. You've got all of that working together for you. So if you're not already using um, a separate customer service relations system or anything like that, Google Calendar also syncs with your Google Contacts. I think that's beautiful because because it syncs with your Google contacts, you can schedule an appointment with someone or you can also, now Google's coming out with a feature where it's going to actually function just like Calendly or um, one of the other appointment schedulers where people will actually be able to schedule appointments utilizing Google Forms and Google Calendar. So stay tuned. I think that's coming out within the next few weeks. Very, very excited about that. So again, Google is very, very powerful. Powerful. Um, and again, all of this um, is, is going to give you a lot of space. And the other beautiful thing that I like is that Google is very searchable. So if you're searching for a task, you're searching for an appointment that you may have had five years ago, you're going to be able to search for it in Google and look up that individual or look up that particular task. Um, and I love that about Google. It's like having your own library system right in, in built in to the Google Calendar, again, thereby allowing you to complete tasks. Now, you, you're going to have certain tasks that are going to require you to use certain other features of Google. Like, for example, Google Docs allows you to write your books right? It allows you to create your table of contents. It allows you to do a lot of things that are going to help you to write a really good ebook or a short book in a short period of time. It has an excellent grammar and spell checker uh, that's there for you. And again, you can then utilize your Google Docs in so many ways. You can convert it to a PDF. Uh, you can upload it a, into a, uh, a book system, uh, such as with um, Kindle or with uh, Amazon's um, book publishing system. So there's just a lot of things you're going to be able to do. But one of the things that I also love about Google Docs is that it also allows you to keep things organized because uh, you can put your Google Doc in, in subfolders just by moving your Google Doc to a particular folder that's going to be in your Google Drive. So I'm going to revert and go ahead, and, well, not revert, but I'm going to go ahead next and talk about um, Google Drive because the nucleus of everything Google is Google Drive. That's the nucleus of Google. The core of Google is its Google Drive. Everything is saved in Google Drive, no, no matter whether you're using Google Sheets, Google Docs, Google Slides. Whatever you do in Google, it is all saved in Google Drive. Now, here's why I'm bringing that up. Because when you're trying to create efficient tasks and you're trying to be high in productivity, you also have to be structured. 
So one of the things I always recommend to my clients is that when you are utilizing Google Workspace, one of the first things that you want to do is you want to go and set up your Google Drive with, with master folders and subfolders so that you know where you're starting at, right? That's very, very key. If not, you're going to go into your Google Drive. You're just going to see documents all, documents and files all over the place, and nothing has been structured. So this is the first thing that you have to do uh, with Google it, when you create your Google Workspace account is you have to structure your Google Drive and set it up. You know, you might have an admin folder. You might have a legal folder for all legal documents. You may have a tax folder. You may have a folder that says clients, and each client is a subfolder, right? You may have a website folder, and within your website folder, you may have folders broken down into articles and uh, current articles, articles that have been, been uploaded, uh, images, all of those different things that help to make up your website are all categorized as subfolders under website. You know, you may have a book. Uh, that you are trying to write. And so what you're going to do is you might have a master folder that says, you know, my books. And under my books, you'll have subfolders that are the names of each of the books that you want to write. And under those subfolders, right, could be Google Docs, which is like chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, and so on. So again, it's about structuring. Um, and when you structure your content, when you structure a lot of different things, you're going to be able to get a lot of your tasks completed fast, right? I think that's so very, very important. The other thing that I really like about um, being able to implement tasks quickly and get things done is you can keep your planning notes in Google Notes or in Google Docs. You know, Google also has the Google Notes feature. So with Google Notes, you, again, you can keep ideas, thoughts, concepts, or even write paragraphs in Google Notes and then copy, paste, or transfer them into your Google Docs, which is so very, uh, very, very important. And then, of course, as you're also planning, you can take uh, wording from your Google Docs, which is not going to um, cause a misalignment or it's not going to mess up with the spacing in your Google Slides, which is the PowerPoint version for Google, right? And so, again, there's just so many things that you can do utilizing the power of Google. I would venture to say for $12 a month, an individual could literally, from having their website to managing everything in their company, they can run it for about $12 a month administrative-wise using the power of Google um, from tasks, from documents, websites, landing pages, uh, Google Slides, all of those different things can be done right there utilizing the power of Google. And so, again, I just want to encourage all of you is if you yet don't have a consistent system that you are using, you're trying to, um, you know, be, you know, look at your budget and see, see um, how far you can extend your budget and realize, oh, I need to really be using this money for advertising, then I recommend that you take a look at Google Workspace. Just put in Google Workspace in the Google search, and you'll learn all about Google Workspace, okay? Very, very powerful thing. And those of you may not have realized it, Google also has its own hosting space for websites. If you'd like to have your website hosted by Google, whether it's WordPress or whether it's Google Sites, Google has its own hosting system as well. Um, that is a separate cost, but it's minimal. 
And then the other thing that you might want to take a look at um, is that Google has Google Voice, which is just like a, um, a phone system um, that's very professional that you can use Google Voice as well as a secondary phone line. So there are just so many things in Google that you would not even believe it. So one of the things that we're doing at Women About Biz is we are getting ready to create a Google challenge, uh, I would say a Google channel. Why? Because we love Google. Google is very, very, very powerful. And so, again, stay tuned because we're going to be bringing you more information on Google. Well, as I thought, we didn't have enough time to read an excerpt from our featured book, but I am going to be doing something a little bit different there and actually doing an excerpt and sending it to everyone um, because we're getting ready to try a new book club um, format in the first place. And so I think all of you ladies will really, really like it. As always, ladies, please make sure that you share Successful Woman Radio Show with other business women. Let them know about it. Um, make sure that you share information about people getting a free power talk at Women About Biz as well. I want to thank you for listening to today's show. Stay tuned um, on Facebook and Twitter. I'll be putting out some things as I celebrate my birthday all week this week leading up to Sunday. And again, love you all. Have a beautiful and a productive week. Remember, take off your shoes of fear, put on your shoes of courage, and step beyond your comfort zone, for therein lies your true success. Take care, everybody. Be blessed.